Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Incongruously, in these difficult days that feel more like autumn, late autumn in our souls, the earth is beginning to bloom. But Easter is not being handed to us this year. There's no easy alleluia. Today, whether or not Easter comes is up to us. Many years ago on Palm Sunday, my friends, George and Annie Wells, best friends, were killed in a car accident, leaving behind their four children. George and Annie had three kids of their own. Suddenly they had seven, and their grief was terrible. I try now to imagine how George, an Episcopal priest, found Easter then in his broken heart. It must have been in the depth of his faith, in his sense of purpose, and in the kindness extended to their new family during those difficult days. Children's TV icon Mr. Rogers said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. That is what these times remind us to do, to look for the helpers, to pray for and celebrate the helpers, to be the helpers, and so help ourselves. Hashtag kindness is trending. Let's start with helping others. If you're chafing at being cooped up, know that you are not alone. If you'd like some perspective, I commend to you Russian novelist and political prisoner Alexander Solzhenitsyn's The Gulag Archipelago, his memoir of eight years as an inmate in Soviet labor camps. If comparisons aren't particularly helpful, we could take direction from Iranian-American journalist Jason Rezian, who served as the Tehran bureau chief for the Washington Post. In 2015, in a closed-door trial in Iran, he was convicted of espionage and imprisoned there for 544 days, including 49 days in solitary confinement. Jason Rezian has five directives for being confined to home. First, he says, don't spend all your time online. I strongly suggest spending as much time away from the internet and television as possible, especially when you're not working. In prison, Jason experienced his inability to access information as the greatest deprivation. The trade-off was being able to focus on a single task for an extended period of time, which he experienced as a great gift. 
he writes, put down your phone, close the laptop, and turn your attention to activities that don't require a screen. Second, he writes, read books. They provide a wonderful mental escape and connect us to a larger world. Third, exercise. If you are ambulatory, walk. If you have stairs, take them. Jason writes, I walked sometimes for hours on end each day, even when I was held in a cell that was only about eight and a half feet in length. Staying in motion is one of the best things we can do for our mental health. If you are not ambulatory, switch your view as often as you can. If possible, get near an open window, even if it means bundling up. The benefits of fresh air cannot be overstated. Four, plan for the future. Everything comes to an end, all good things and all bad things. When my friend Sylvia Borstein had five children under the age of six, she painted the Persian mystic's encouragement on the rafter of her kitchen ceiling, this too shall pass. Jason writes, think about what you want the future to look like, where you'll go, and who you want to be with. In uncertain times like these, few things are more comforting than thinking about better times. Let's focus on the good times to come. And five, laugh. Jason Rezian considers that his most important piece of advice. Find as many things as you can to laugh about each day. If I could find them in solitary confinement, you can find them in your living room. So this week, I loved comedians tweeting, I've washed my hands so much that my exam notes from 1995 resurfaced. It's so easy to make cold brew at home, I have wasted millions of dollars. And week two of quarantine, and my boyfriend just told me that he thought it would be interesting to put a GoPro in the dishwasher to see what goes on in there. Now let's talk about what it means to help both ourselves and others in these times, a luxury Jason Rezian didn't have in solitary. In place of the term social distancing, I'm going to invite us to speak of physical distancing, as each of us does our part to flatten the curve and prevent the apocalyptic scenario in which we overwhelm our healthcare system and millions die. Those of us who are called to build and sustain beloved community are keenly aware that social connectedness is central to well-being, physical distancing, social connectedness. Hard science affirms that closeness, not just with family and friends, but also with acquaintances and even strangers, is critical. Oxytocin, that feel-good neurotransmitter in our brain, is also known as the love molecule. It literally binds us to others, lowering stress, raising happiness, and increasing kindness and generosity. We need it to thrive. Our challenge right now is to keep up our oxytocin levels while physically distancing. Here's the good news. It is not just kissing and hugging that will release it. 
Eye contact will do it. In a study published in 1997, young people who had never met were asked to stare into each other's eyes and answer a series of personal questions. Participants, participants reported experiencing an intense bond. At least two of the pairs wound up getting married. The conclusion is that eye contact, even between strangers, can prompt a pleasurable oxytocin release. In fact, no surprise, eye contact with a dog or a cat will do it, both for you and for them. Note that social media is not a substitute for human contact, specifically because it provides neither touch nor eye contact. Lonely people who binge on social media often wind up feeling even lonelier. So while we practice physical distancing, it's important to turn to technologies that let us see each other. Zoom is surely a hero of this pandemic. I encourage you to make a list of people to contact each day and set aside an hour or two to do just that. If you're sheltering with others, look at them and hug them. Look up from your device or your book and look at them. Take a break and show your animals, both human and non-human, some love. And if you're one of the people who has to venture into the world right now, try to look others in the eye. I know this is counterintuitive. The stranger danger lens makes everyone we encounter into the enemy through which we might catch the virus. Override it and you'll be amazed. One caveat, you'll want to remember that in this society, gazing at someone beyond 3.2 seconds is creepy. If we make these practices into habits, writes columnist Arthur C. Brooks, we might just come out of this better than we went in. Less glued to social media, making eye contact with others, and freely hugging those we love. Finally, let's talk about looking for the helpers, praying for and celebrating the helpers, and being the helpers. In Linton, Indiana, Teresa and Dan Carpenter started feeling sick on March 20th, self-quarantined, were tested, and on April 1st were confirmed to have COVID-19. After they'd been stuck inside for 16 days, a friend asked their daughter, Danielle Feltner, if she thought it would be okay to rally people to create a caravan to drive past her parents' house to show their support. People from all over the city made signs and joined in a huge parade. Two little girls hung out of a minivan holding their signs, one holding get and the other holding well. Danielle wrote, my parents are physically weak, but their emotional state was lifted because of so many wonderful people. This meant more to them than you will all ever know. Tweeting from England on the morning of March 17th, Amy Gladhill wrote, my landlord Chris just texted me this and I'm sobbing. Hi Amy, given everything that seems to be going on with COVID-19, I wanted to let you know that whatever happens with your work, I want you to feel secure in your house. We can work something out if your circumstances change and I hope you know we're approachable. We're living in a crazy time so take care of yourself and your family. 
Mimi says, if you're in a position to say this to someone, please do. When we can't rely on the government, we have to help each other. In Spain, an unnamed doctor at Madrid's Princesa Hospital appealed to the public to write letters to those who have been hospitalized with COVID-19, encouraging them to keep fighting for their lives. This kindness went viral. 30,000 letters poured in. When we hear these stories, let's take a moment to hold them against our hearts, to pray for and celebrate all those who are showing kindness, and let's join them. Each of us can become part of hashtag solidarity at eight, joining with people all over the world, thanking the heroic healthcare workers on the front lines by opening your windows at 8 p.m. and making a joyful sound of thanks. Across Turkey, people are cheering and whistling. Israelis are applauding from their balconies and windows. Parisians are cheering and clapping. And in India, people are blowing into conch shells, ringing bells, and banging on pots and pans. President Nath Kovind and senior ministers from Prime Minister Narendra Modi's cabinet are coming out into their courtyards, showing their appreciation with a standing ovation. The United States too, is joining in now, a great global show of gratitude and solidarity. Let's be part of that. Let's be the helpers. Every small gesture of kindness joins those that are surfacing everywhere, scaling up into global kindness. In his poem, Manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front, Kentucky farmer and poet Wendell Berry wrote, be joyful though you have considered all the facts and practice resurrection. Beloved spiritual companions, we might just come out of this better than we went in. May we look for the helpers, pray for them, and celebrate them joining the great global show of gratitude and solidarity. May we be the helpers and so help ourselves. Kindness is trending. Let us find Easter now, practice resurrection, and be joyful, though we have considered all the facts. Happy Easter. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.